0: Welcome to another great message by Pastor Adrian Wright, lead pastor at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. So we've really been enjoying this series on the spiritual gifts. Uh, I know we've had a lot of questions about it, and it's always a topic that comes up as people want to know. How do we operate in the gifts of the Spirit? How do we identify them? How do we receive them? How do we work by them? How do we, uh, how do we even think about them correctly, theologically? People have, have got a lot of questions about, is it for today? Is it something that just happened in the early church? And in our Western world that has been so influenced uh, you know, by naturalistic, modern concepts and ideas of what's possible and what's not possible, uh, even though in postmodernism, all of that is often refuted and everything's just kind of philosophically kind of in a, in a, in, in kind of a sense of chaos most of the time. Um, people still aren't sure if this is something that they can believe in. If God can do the supernatural, if God can operate and, and suspend temporarily the laws of nature in a moment to cause something supernatural to occur. Can that happen? Can God do that in our lives? And we often say that, you know, people don't believe in miracles until they, until they need them, you know, until they really actually are in a position where they're facing a situation bigger than themselves, and then all of a sudden, they want to believe in miracles, and something deep inside of them tells them that they can believe in miracles. I actually remember this happening when I was uh, I was about maybe 18, 19 years old, and I was a leader on a youth camp, uh, quite a large youth camp, about a thousand uh, kids that uh, came through to this every December, and, um, and the people that were on the camp were more on the cessationist side of things. They were kind of a little bit more skeptical about whether or not you can pray for healing or whether or not you know, anything like that can happen, and I had one or two kind of little discussions or arguments even on those camps with leaders just saying, but I believe God can heal. I believe God can touch. I believe mir- the miraculous is possible, and um, and they argued with me about why they thought it wasn't. And we kind of left it at that until one of the kids on the camp got hurt. And the main leader, uh, kind of with overseeing the spiritual side of the camp, said, Just call Adrian. <laughs> and they ran to fetch me, uh, even though I was just a very young leader on the camp. They wanted somebody who believed that God could do it to pray. Because if there was any chance that God would do it, they wanted to see their child healed. And so um, it's amazing how so often we have these theological arguments until life throws us into a situation where we really need God to come through for us, and then we're all apparently continuationists at that point. Um, and I think it's because that even though we sometimes, I think, get too clever for our own good, and we, we, we try and, and apply a, a form of skepticism to everything, which is kind of part of critical thinking and more of the Academical way of approaching you know your Bible, uh, which there 's nothing wrong with, but there 's also a point where you 've got to engage your faith you 've got to just take the bible at its, at, at its face value at what it says and just employ it and trust god man trust god i don 't think we can ever come second for trusting god i don 't think it 's ever a bad idea for us to put a little bit more faith in what God can do. And uh, and trusting him for that. So I want to share a message today as we we've discussed the the revelation gifts, the the gifts that reveal something um, in the gifts of the spirit here in one Corinthians 12. Um, We've discussed last week, we spoke about the inspiration gifts that are the gifts that say something prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues. And today I want to talk about the power gifts. Now, these are gifts that do something. Um, These are gifts that, you know, the gift of faith the the working of miracles, the gift of healings, um, you know, these are gifts that actually produce some change in that moment um, in, in a very tangible and a very real way. And it's supernatural. and And that's what we've been saying all along is that as much as we, as humanity, tend to want to lean towards naturalism all the time, just relying on our five senses, you know, we live in a supernatural universe it's supernatural because the creator is supernatural and the natural came out of the supernatural and so i love the fact that that what we have with god is not just a natural philosophy of life it's not just us taking step a step b step c it's not just a self-help program it's not a 12-step program to try and kind of help you get over your issues or whatever it's actually a person God himself Jesus Christ himself through the power of the Holy Spirit present in our lives and making a difference in our lives working with us transforming us speaking to us guiding us you know and that's what Jesus said he said I'll send you another helper the Holy Spirit and he'll remind you of all the things that I've said, and he will comfort you, and he will guide you. And Second Corinthians 3.18 tells us that he transforms us as we behold Jesus. We're transformed by the Spirit into that image. And so we are supernatural beings being transformed supernaturally by God. And, um, and God is then also not only working in us in that way, but he's also working through us. God wants to work through us as his church and speak to the world through his church, declaring the gospel and here's the important thing about declaring the gospel. The kingdom of God, it says in 1 Corinthians 14. In fact, let me, let me grab my Bible over here and uh, go to 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 4. And this is, this is a, 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 a chapter that we've already covered in this series. But I wanted to just hone in on this one verse in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. Because it says this. It says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk. It is not in word only but in power, in the demonstration of power. So Paul actually says to the church in Corinth that the kingdom of God is not only about talking about philosophies. It's not just about saying a few nice things. It's not just about thinking about how we can be better together. It's No, the kingdom of God is in a demonstration of power. So when the kingdom of God, like when Jesus sent the disciples out and he sent them to pray, and and he said to them, lay your hands on the sick and they will recover and cast out the demons and, you know, and, and, and go and preach the gospel to all of these people. And there will be some miraculous things that will take place. And you will say to the people, the kingdom of God has come near you. So what I love is, is that when, you know, Jesus prayed and he taught us to pray and he said, you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that when God's kingdom comes. Manifests on earth, which is really what the, you know, what the gifts accomplish. When it manifests, it produces. It brings God's kingdom near, and it produces power. There's power to heal. There's power to deliver. There's power to save. Um, there's power to change, and and we rely on that power because, as Peter and John said to the the, the people that asked them how they healed the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. They said, why are you looking at us as if it is by our own power or godliness that this man has been made well? No, it's not our power and it's not our godliness. It's by the grace of God, but it's by the power of God. It's by the power of the name of Jesus that that the kingdom of God is able to produce this miraculous power in our lives. And so sometimes it's challenging for us to, to look beyond the natural, but it's important because we need the supernatural. We need God's ability. We need God's grace. We need God's supernatural ability because we've all tried the natural. We've all tried to fix ourselves. We've all tried to help ourselves. We've all tried to change ourselves. And we've all found that the natural cannot satisfy, it cannot fulfill, and it cannot do the job. So, you know, we want you to believe not in what you can do, and God wants us to believe not in what we can do, but in what He can do in us, and through us. And so this is really pointing to Jesus. This is really all the glory goes to God. It's all by the name of Jesus. Um, and so Jesus wants us to trust in who he is. And from that place, experience the miraculous working power of God. Um, and I believe that this is something that we can find rest in. You know, I I think about how, um, you know, we were watching actually a movie last night, and there was a boy in this movie that had that had a... Form of autism, and at a at a certain point, the boy kind of you know he panics and he loses, uh, he kind of loses his mind and he's throwing stuff and he's breaking stuff and he's running around and screaming and the dad comes and the dad just puts his arms around him and just kind of embraces him but 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 holds him tight and in that space he feels safe in that space he he you know feeling the the powerful arms of his father around him. He begins to calm down and 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 feels like he he is in a safe place again and I think that that's so true that when we experience god 's power um, in our lives, it is so reassuring it is so comforting it's like a baby that's falling asleep in its father 's arms you know it's 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 it, that 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 feeling that you get when you 're at home and you just fall asleep on the couch or you know just in your own safe space, the power of God produces rest i 'm so grateful that because God is powerful, I don't need to uh, figure everything out or fix everything in my life or even in myself. I can trust God. And so I am able to rest in his power because God is able to save. He's able to change situations. He's able to work things out. He's able to do incredible things. He can do what no man can do. Um, and, and you know, all creation is God's doing. And, um, you know, we've spoken about that once or twice already in the series, but I wanted to read this Uh, this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, Miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. And so the whole world, as we've said, is a miracle. It was produced supernaturally by God. And, And here's the thing, I think, why miracles are so contentious often is because they demand a response. It's actually a major inconvenience for anybody who wants to hold on to a kind of a naturalistic form of faith or want to be an atheist that miracles that there's repeated and consistent testimony of miraculous things taking place it, 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 it's irritating to the unbeliever because it demands a response you can you can say that there's no God but when a miracle happens You have to now explain why that miracle happened, you know, and and I've had people, even teachers in school, I remember saying, oh, that's the power of the mind. It's the, oh, it's the positivity of the universe. It's like, okay, wait, so you can believe in like an impersonal, personified, universal force that Directs all things and rewards and does, but it, just don't give it a just don't give it a name or a, you know make it a person and, and 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 call it God, you know, because an impersonal force you you don't have to submit to, surrender to, have a relationship with. You can just kind of get the benefits, you know. So so it, it's interesting how people how people kind of find their way around that. Um, but I heard one person say that an atheist is the one who hopes the Lord will do nothing to disturb their unbelief. Like, please, God, don't disturb my unbelief. I don't want to believe, and and that is a you know a great definition for um, anybody holding on to atheism as a legitimate um, you know belief system. Um, but we see uh, you know Jesus um, healing the 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 paralyzed man um, in the scripture, for example. Jesus did many miracles, and the Pharisees always had issues with it. They always, instead of rejoicing the miraculous power. They were always trying to find some other reason why Jesus was able to do this. And so, you know, people today do exactly what the Pharisees did. And the reason why is because the Pharisees did not want to receive Jesus as the Messiah. They, they wanted a political king. They wanted somebody to liberate Israel. And so they didn't want that. And, um, and so it's still the same today. But at the end of the day, you can't be a Christian. And not believe in miracles, because our faith is based on miracles it 's based on the resurrection of jesus christ it 's based on all the promises of god it 's based on all the miraculous things that happened in scripture it 's based on how the New Testament church operated in you know, these gifts and these pa- miraculous powers um, and and the bible 's just full of it from cover cover to cover, so you really, really, really have to develop a whole sideline form of Christianity in order to um, discard the working of miracles. And so let's get into some of these gifts, and and let's start by looking at the power gifts today. Uh, As I said before, that these power gifts are gifts that do something, that empower a person to act beyond their ability, right? We all have natural ability, and that natural ability is limited, but God can empower us in a moment through the gift of the Holy Spirit, to act in a way that is beyond our natural ability to accomplish something that we wouldn't have been able to accomplish in our own strength, and moves us in supernatural power to do something. So, the first one that I want to look at um, is the gift of faith. So, I want to just start off again by reading one Corinthians twelve seven to eleven. It's obviously where we get this list of of spiritual gifts from that we've broken up into these three categories but it says in 1 corinthians twelve seven to 11 it says the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all to build up the church for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit so faith is one of those power gifts to another the gifts of healings which is another one of those power gifts And to another, the working of miracles, all right? So so those are the three that I actually want to focus on today. Uh, Faith, the gift of healings, and the working of miracles. We've already discussed prophecy and the discerning of spirits and different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues uh, under those other categories. But today, those three specifically, and as I said, we're going to start off uh, by looking at the gift of faith, the first one. Um, And now, you know, people... People often wonder, what is the gift of faith? You know, we all have faith and, uh, you know, we believe from faith and to faith. Uh, the Holy Spirit enables us by his grace to have a measure of faith and then we employ that faith. And as we choose to trust in God, his grace applies to our life and all that kind of stuff that leads to salvation. Um, and so we have that general kind of faith, but this is something more than just saving faith. Okay? This is not saving faith. Um, it is a supernatural, sovereign manifestation of the Spirit, working faith in and through the believer to accomplish a specific task. Right. So this is in a moment you need a gift of faith, and 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 one of the one of the moments that I can think of, uh, which is one of my favorite stories in in the New Testament, is when Paul is preaching. And and I know that sometimes when I preach, um, I try to you know keep people engaged, and I and I try to. Uh, you know, not be boring, but but even when I preach, um, you know, I sometimes see people fall asleep. As I probably had a late Saturday night, and and you know, while you're while you're sleeping, I'm just praying for you and trusting that the word of God is still going in <laughs> and that it's still having its effect. Um, and so I've seen one or two people fall asleep while I preach, but uh, in the scriptures it actually tells us that that Paul, you know, he was going at it one night and he was preaching until past midnight, and, um, and there was a guy who was sitting in the third-story window listening to Paul preach. It was obviously they crammed into this room, and and I can imagine, imagine this, like you're sitting in an open window on the third-story, and you know that if you fall asleep, you're going to die, and yet you still fall asleep, okay? So that's what happened to this man. Must have been some great preaching, some riveting stuff by Paul, and um, and this guy, he falls asleep and and falls out the window and and, and dies, like falls three stories, lands on the ground, and is dead. And it tells us how how Paul went down. And in that moment, he just lay on him and prayed for him and and that this man was taken up alive. And it says, and they were not a, a little bit comforted. Like it was like they saw the dead raised. But in that moment, as that, as, you know, we all hope that we'll have enough faith in a moment like that, in a moment of crisis or a moment of tragedy or a moment of panic, that we'll have faith. But what the Bible tells us is that the Holy Spirit will, in those moments, actually give you the faith, just like he'll give you the words we looked at last week when you need to speak in front of somebody. In that same way, he'll give you the faith you need when you need to act faithfully, when you need to step in in a moment uh, in order to accomplish a task, in this case, raising this man from the dead. And so that gift of faith is supernatural additional faith added to our saving faith in a moment to accomplish a specific task just like Paul did that night in fact in Acts 20 uh, verse 7 to 12 which is where this whole story of of Paul and the guy who fell out of the window his name is Eutychus where where it's found Um, but it, it tells us that in verse 10 it says when Paul went down fell on him and embracing him said do not trouble yourselves for his life is in him and and so and so Paul even though this man was dead was able to speak by faith because he trusted in what God would do in that moment, and and so I, I find that very reassuring because you know there are many moments in life where it's difficult to have faith, right? Um, I, I even know, for example, when there was the the boy who the the, the dad who brought the boy um, who had the issue of epilepsy um, and the spirit that was tormenting him as a result of that and brought this boy to Jesus his son to Jesus and said can you heal him and the, and his and Jesus said to him if you have faith if you believe and this man was just in a moment where he was like i don't know if i can believe and and you know he looked over at Jesus and he said lord help my unbelief and i think that's that's such a um you know we can we can identify and um and uh what's the right word um connect with that that prayer so often You know, Lord, help my unbelief. And so often we worry about whether or not we'll have enough faith to deal with what the future might hold, you know, for us. But what the Bible tells us is that we as the church, as we go out, as we're on mission, as we are praying and encouraging and strengthening one another, um, you know, we can stand by that faith. We can trust the Holy Spirit to give us the faith we need in that moment to to see those things come to pass, you know, and many times, in fact, every time I step up to pray for somebody uh, that's sick or somebody that is facing something really dire, um, you know, I, I recognize in that moment that I don't have what it takes, you know, I don't have uh, perfect faith, and I don't have all of these things that I, you know, I'm not the, I haven't lived a perfect life. I'm I'm not like Jesus was in this world in the sense that in my own journey, but because of his righteousness, because of his grace. In that moment, I realized, but it's not about me. It's not about how good I am. It's not about my power. It's not about my godliness. It's not about my holiness. Um, In fact, Paul writes uh, to the church in Galatians about this, and he says, how did you experience the miracles of the Holy Spirit amongst you? How did did you first see this happening? Was it by the works of the law, or was it by grace? And so even the miracles, even the move of the Holy Spirit, even, even that faith to trust, Comes from knowing the grace of God, knowing the gospel, and so every moment I step up to pray for somebody that's sick or to to you know see God do some miraculous work in some way. Um, I don't have to look to myself. I know that that gift of faith is there. The Holy Spirit will empower me in that moment. And I just pray with faith and I believe in Jesus. My faith, my focus is on Jesus. And that's so awesome because so often I think when we pray, we focus on all the things that we want and how much we need them rather than focusing on the sufficiency of Jesus. And the, the power there really comes from knowing the sufficiency of Jesus and then that gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that is the, the gift of faith, um, how God enables us to, to have this additional faith to accomplish a specific task. Next, I want to talk about number two, the gift of healings um, it 's interesting there that it 's not the gift of healing. this is actually plural it 's gifts of healing or gift of healings um, in the sense that it 's every kind of healing you know we need as human beings we have got a body we 've got a soul we 've got a mind and, and and many people have you know healthy bodies, but their, but their mind is unhealthy or they suffer from depression or they suffer from chemical imbalances that are very real physical ail- ailments even, um, but that have a mental impact, um, you know, on our lives. And and a lot of people suffer I- in that dimension of their emotions, you know, having experienced trauma and hardship and, and brokenness and disappointment and, and unforgiveness and all these kinds of things. You know, people have been hurt through life. And I love the fact that that God can heal us in every way He's not just a physical healer he's not just you know one of the one of God's names is Jehovah Rapha um God our healer. that's just who he is. He is a healer and um all throughout the Old Testament, you know as God worked with his own people, he worked healing um he removed diseases from them he um you know and we why are there diseases? Why are there these things? well we live in a in a broken world, a world. Um, that has been corrupted by sin and has been sub- subject to futility. That has um, suffered under the consequence of the brokenness of humanity, and and that brokenness has produced disease and sickness and and death and all these things that we experience. And even right now, with a pandemic in our world, you know we we've got a lot of people that are sick and. It's so good to know that our God is a healer, that he is willing to heal. We we find this in, uh, you know, we spoke about a few times now about how Jesus came to represent God's heart. What is God's heart towards the sick? Does he want to just let them be sick or does he want to heal them? And we see this perfect example in Mark 1 verse 40, where a man, um, you know, comes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you are willing, will you heal me? and Jesus says I am willing be healed and from that moment he was healed and so and so Jesus says I am willing God is willing to heal us and there are times that our healing delays and there's debates as to you know how why that happens why sometimes people are healed instantly and sometimes they're not and you know, even Hebrew says by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So, so you know, there's, there's, sometimes there's a journey that's involved and sometimes God uses that supernatural means uh, in a moment to touch somebody and heal them instantly. And we've seen that, God doing that miraculously. Um, other times, God, I believe, works through the medical professionals and the, and the knowledge that, that we've gained um, as a human race um, to, to produce that healing. Um, but you know, I, I, am really the kind of guy that I think as much as I can debate back and forth and we can find every angle and can discuss every point, I don't actually need all of that. I, I just trust that if I pray for somebody, the Bible says, if if anyone among you are sick, call upon the elders of the church and let them pray for you and you'll be healed. And it's just as simple as that. So if the Bible says that that's what we should do, then I'm just going to pray for people to be healed And I'm going to leave the semantics up to God. He's the healer. I'm not the healer. But what I also know is, is that there are places in Scripture, for example, where um, Jesus couldn't even do a lot of miracles amongst the people because they didn't have faith. And so faith really is a necessary component of, of people receiving that healing as well. And so there's a lot that we can uncover there. But the point is, is that one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of healings, the ability to heal. Now, again, God can use anybody to pray for anybody and see them healed. God can work that healing miracle through any single person. There are some people that have um, operated powerfully in this gift as a healing ministry, but anybody can operate in this as the Holy Spirit uh, gives us the ability. And so we really know that God, you know, a lot of people don't doubt whether God can heal. They just doubt whether he wants to heal. And that's why I find that scripture in Mark 140 so so encouraging. Um, let's look at another case here in Acts 28, 8 to 9. It says, and, and it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. It's so amazing. So So... Paul goes to to this man who is sick. He's got fever and dysentery, and in those days, obviously they didn't have the medical care that we had today. That was, you know, could have very easily resulted in death. And Paul goes in, prays for him, and he's healed. And everybody on the island who's sick is brought to Paul. And and I I know of of churches again in um, in Indonesia that have operated along a lot of the islands that that practice voodoo and and have got all kinds of witchcraft and you know, there's a lot of people there that, that are very sick. And I heard one story, and this was told to me by um, a pastor named Pastor Eddie Leo who operates a, a church there called Abba Love Church. And and he spoke about how they had a youth ministry actually go to an island, and they wanted to do mission work there amongst these people. And, you know, the kind of doors were closed. Nobody was, was wanting to give them any kind of a, an audience and they went to this, there was one man in the village who was completely bent over. His spine had completely curved at a 90 degree angle over the years of, you know, living um, with obviously some f- form of spinal disease um, that had affected him uh, for all those years living on this island in the jungle. And, um, and he was just kind of walking bent over at, an, at a right angle. And, um, and they found this old man and they prayed for him and his back straightened out completely. And um, the next day he walked into the village and they, everybody was you know, just astounded to see this man who had a completely bent back now standing up straight. And they said to him, where the heck did you get your back straightened out that well? Like what happened to you? And he said, no, it's these guys that have got, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a hospital they, and they had actually set up a tent and they kind of called it a hospital. But all they were doing, they were just kids, they were teenagers, they were praying for people. And, and all of these people just began to believe in the supernatural power of God to heal. And they all went. And as many of them were going, as many of them were getting healed. And that's kind of like what was happening here. The whole island comes and they all prayed for and healing happens. And, and again, this is a gift that the Holy Spirit works through anybody in the New Testament. And, um, and they brought almost that entire island to faith in Christ, that entire village to faith in Christ as a result of the healing power um, of God. Um, I remember as well once praying as a youth pastor, I was, I was praying for um, a girl. We were actually in a, in a prayer meeting kind of that we were doing at church. And I felt that I just wanted to pray for people that were sick or had family members that were sick. And so I, I you know, said anybody who's sick can come forward and and we'd love to just, you know, pray. And um, and the one girl had a her brother um, was 25 years old. Uh, living in Cape Town, we were in Joburg. and um, and he had been deaf. he had lost his hearing at the age of twelve and i said well let 's just pray for him and you know we took hands and we agreed together in prayer that God would heal her deaf brother, who had completely lost his hearing at the age of of twelve and had um, had to use very powerful kind of hearing aids to be able to hear anything and um, and so we prayed for him, and that evening, when he took his Um, When he took his his hearing aid off, um, he could hear and he was completely healed just by two people standing together in prayer and trusting God to do that. So the question is, why don't we trust God to do that? Right. Why don't we just believe God more and believe in the ability of the Holy Spirit to heal people? We believe that for you. And so we're praying for you right now. If you are sick, we're praying for you. We're trusting God to heal you and um and And you can let us know if you have any prayer requests or anybody in your family or whatever and and again, we do the praying, God does the answering, you do the believing and and that 's the the power of what we do here, but through that gift, God is able to heal um, people. this doesn 't mean that, like some Christians um, say, well then if i 'm healed, i 'm not going to go to the doctor. No, you can still go to the doctor. God can still bring healing through that doctor um you know it, it it doesn't also doesn't mean that if you walk close to God you'll never be sick you know because that's also not always true we do get attacked physically by you know the viruses and things that are in this world um, we do get hurt it's you know just part of living in this world but we can trust God when we do that we will get healed um I also just love and, and I'll end on this one for uh, as, as far as uh, healing goes but in Acts 8 uh just we we look at Philip in Samaria in the book of Acts chapter number 8, and we find that that Philip actually goes to Samaria, he preaches the gospel, um, and there's a sorcerer there that did kind of miraculous signs and stuff, obviously by demonic power, but that power of his was limited. And then at a point, you know, what he saw Philip operate in, remember, Philip wasn't an apostle. Philip wasn't one of the, you know, he was part of the early church, but he wasn't one of the 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 writers of Scripture, and um, and so it says here, even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. So I love that, that you know, just an ordinary guy, Philip, he goes to Samaria, he preaches, the Holy Spirit's poured out, God's doing miracles, amazing things are happening. And even the sorcerer who could do amazing things himself um, turns around and he's amazed. He's like, wow, this truly is a greater power than anything that I've got because God did miracles through Philip himself. And so let's talk about miracles as we come to the third part, the third power gift, um, the the, the working of miracles. Um, The working of miracles is the ability to call on God to do supernatural acts that reveal his power in a moment this includes you know the casting out of of demons this includes nature obeying god's authority this uh, includes the dead being raised or you know any other miracle that's a powerful miracle that god does in a minute and uh, or in a moment and and that is a that is a you know that is a thing that some miracles i think as we've said take time and you recognize the miracle after a journey has taken place, you know, there's many times I look back on my life and I think that is such a miracle what God did there. Other things just happen like absolutely instantly, like right there God answers the prayer, right there God does the miracle, right there uh, it, it's it's visible to all. Like we see in the scriptures um, and like we've had in church history since then. Um, it says for example in Acts 19 11 to 12 it says now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that were brought from his body to the sick the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them right so so God can choose through the gift of the spirit through the gift of the working of miracles to you work unusual miracles through Paul and he can also do it through us it doesn't mean that it'll always look the same way it doesn't mean that it'll always be You know, it's not a formula. It's like, okay, take a handkerchief off me while I'm in my hour three of prayer and go lay this handkerchief on the sick. And all of a sudden they will be healed or whatever. It's like, it's not a formula necessarily. But however the Holy Spirit moves us, you know, even Jesus, when he prayed for people, it's very rarely do you see him pray for for Two people in the same way. You know, at one point he spits in the mud and he puts some mud on the guy's eyes. Another time he tells him, you know, tell somebody to go wash themselves. Um, another time he says this. Another, you know, there's like, there's always different ways that he did. Another time he just says it and it happens, you know. Or man must stretch out his hand and his, and his withered hand is healed. So so there's, there's different ways that God can can uh, cause this miracle. It's not a formula. What matters is, is that we trust in God as we pray. Uh, the one bit of direction we do have in the New Testament is the laying on of hands, um, you know, let the elders lay their hands on you and pray for them. It says when Paul prayed for, for Eutychus, he laid his hands on him and, and prayed for him, you know, and so that connection um, is the one bit of, of, but again, it doesn't necessarily have to follow a specific formula. Um, now, when people hear about handkerchiefs and anointing oil and and all of these kind of paraphernalia they immediately probably think about the tele- evangelists who you know have 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 said that if you send in your love gift of nine dollars ninety nine we will send you this handkerchief that you can go and lay on the sick and the sick will recover hey that's not what we're talking about here you know no one had to pay paul <laughs> for his handkerchiefs um you know it was this was just purely god working and touching people um, and so don't allow those that have that have, again, manipulated, abused and and even prayed on on the sick by promising miracles. If they pay a certain amount of money, obviously, that's not right. Obviously, that's not how God works. Um, don't allow people that have kind of set that kind of an image to distort the purity of the scriptures, just what the scriptures actually say. What do they say? They say that there is the working of miracles, that God can do miracles. And he did it all the way through the church. So um, uh, yeah, another interesting miracle that we see in the scriptures that I've heard of happening um, in, in recent years as well um, is, is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch um, who kind of was traveling along the road in his chariot. And, and, um, and Philip got up and, and, and started, he was reading a scroll and, and Philip got up and preached Jesus to him. And told him about Jesus and the man saw a body of water over there. And he said, well, what prevents me from being baptized right now? And he said, absolutely nothing. So they they jumped off and they got baptized. Um, And then this happened. This is recorded in Acts 8, verse 39 to 40. It says, now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So he baptizes the guy. And as he comes up out of the water, the spirit of God caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. So all of a sudden, Philip just disappears. Imagine somebody baptizes you and bam, they're gone. Um, But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, Azotus was 60 kilometers from where they were baptizing. So all of a sudden, he's transported 60 kilometers in an instant. And uh, I don't know if you've read the book by Brother Yun called The Heavenly Man, as he was uh, building the house church in China and, and a lot of the miracles that were happening there while that church was under persecution. Um, but at one point he escaped from the back of a police van and uh, was being transported to prison and he ran. And as he ran, he just started reciting, um, reciting uh, scriptures um, and all of a sudden he found himself on the other side of China. Like he had just been, like in this case with Philip, just been transported instantly and was able to reach people there and when he got there there were people said we've been praying for God to send us somebody who could preach the gospel to us and 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 you know people again want to get like logistical about this they want to they want to argue about it they want to talk about can it have you know I honestly think we waste so much time with those arguments the fact of the matter was there was people on the other side of China that needed to hear the gospel and God got the guy there so that he could do it on that day Um, and and I just absolutely love that we don't have to overthink it, but we can take God's word at its, at its face value and believe it, that God can do those kinds of things. And for me, and maybe we can kind of uh, close on this, but it was it was always a um, a journey for me to trust God for the miraculous. But I started that journey when I was very, very young. And I think the amazing thing is, and I, and, I, and I did learn this from my grandmother as well, that she just prayed about absolutely everything. And from little things that she would do, that she would just trust God for the miraculous to happen. And every time God came through, answered a prayer and, and, and did something like that, she would record it on a cassette tape. And by the end of her life, there was a suitcase full of cassette tapes of miracles that God had done. From massive miracles, healing people and 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 healing broken arms and doing all kinds of crazy things to to the smallest kinds of miracles, like at one point my my grandfather was was a, a pastor and didn 't earn a lot of money at all in his life as a result of that, min- ministers were paid very little back then and um, He had six kids, and they lived kind of in the mountains, kind of in the eastern Transvaal area at that time and um, and at one point my my grand came to my grandfather and said. I just wanted to make the kids some fruit salad, like, you know, and my grandfather was kind of like a very straight, you know, straight talker, and he he looked at her, and he said, God didn't promise us fruit salad, God promised us bread, and there's bread in the kitchen, you know, and she she was so, just wanted to make her kids some fruit salad, and uh, so she prayed, and she said, God, can you just provide us with some fruit to be able to make some fruit salad, and, um, and as they as they were there um, in the house, that entire day, people from neighboring farms started arriving at the door, ringing the doorbell, saying, hey, I had some extra apples. Just wondering if you guys could use any apples. And oh, thank you. And hey, we've got, you know, some extra oranges. Hey, we have some extra. And so the whole day, people were just delivering fruit at the front door. Um, as a result of this prayer, my grand gran had prayed. And by the end of that day, my dad told us that, um, you know, they had a... Uh, they had a scottle this big, just full of fruit salad. They had fruit salad for a week. They were so sick of fruit salad by the end of that week. That's such a small thing. But you know, the, the point is, is that, is that this shows God's involvement in our lives. Um, another miracle I can tell you about that happened for me when I was young is that I once lost my merit badge. And the merit badge was something you got at school when you'd done something particularly good. And it was like a badge of honor. I mean, I was so proud of this thing. And the next morning when I got up and got ready for school, my merit badge wasn't on my jersey. And it had obviously fallen off. And so I thought maybe it had fallen off on the grass outside of our our, our entrance, you know, uh, of our home. And so I went, I got up early in the morning and I, and I walked up and down, up and down, up and down, looking for that merit badge. And, and I just, I couldn't find it anywhere. I'd looked everywhere. And at a point, you know, I, I, prayed. I said, God, if you can help me to find this merit badge, please help me. And as I turned around, I just saw something just glisten in the sun and I walked over and it was the merit badge. And I know that that seems like so insignificant, but I've gone from trusting God for merit badges to tr- trusting God to, and seeing God heal people of cancer. It started with a merit badge that I couldn't find. I've trusted God for other things in my life that have seemed so impossible And um, and seen him come through. And so I absolutely believe because I've had this journey with God um, in in the miraculous power of God, his reality and his ability. And we encourage you uh, to believe the same. The gift of the Holy Spirit is there with you to equip you as you're praying for people, as you're believing for miracles in your life and in the lives of others. The Holy Spirit is able to do that through you. And this is an expression of God's kingdom. It's an expression of the power of God. It's the expression of the will of God, the love of God. It shows his power and ultimately causes people to believe in the love that God has for them. And that's what our mission is here in this mad world, is to show people the love of God. We serve a powerful God uh, and he works his great power in us and through us, inspiring people to trust in him and revealing his heart. And so let's go out there this week, Anchor Church, and reveal God's heart to others as much as we can. Well, thank you for joining us today as we have dealt with the power gifts of the Holy Spirit in this message called Powerful. Uh, You are full of God's power. We're believing that. Well, we love you, Anchor Church. Thank you for joining us again today. We'll see you again next Sunday.